Hello, and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG-related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co-hosts here, Ryan. All right, guys, get ready. This one, we're going to meander a little bit, I yep, think. Yep, yep, yep. Right, we're in a mood. And Scott? So at the latest PAX Australia, when they were doing the Q&A... Australia has a PAX. Yeah, that, that totally does. It just <laughs> happened last weekend. Uh, they were doing the Q&A, and uh, it was uh, Jerry and Chris Straub, and one of the questions demanded that uh, they, during the during the question after it, uh, that uh, Jerry pretend to be a goose and steal something from Chris, <laughs> and he did it. Yeah, of course he did. He, he he got down on like all like squatted down, flapped his things, <laughs> like Flat. circled circled around, and like like grabbed the the question out of his hand with his mouth. You know what I have to say. <laughs> That makes me respect him so goddamn oh, much. Oh yeah, no. because that is a man who knows what side his bread is buttered oh, on. Oh, absolutely. He knows. He knows who makes the chachings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Jerry Holkins. Um, he's a. He's a. I'm. I'm. I'm a great admirer of his. <laughs> Mainly, like one of the reasons is he doesn't take himself super seriously. Good. That's very, very. He good. knows when to be a buffoon. But buffoon. anyway, uh, yeah, that was awesome. So that was all technically my intro. So let's yes. let's go into it. I was going to get into that. How is everyone's gaming? Ryan, go. <gasps> um, I played Gardens of Destiny this weekend, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I played F- Fractured last weekend. So I'm oh. really tired, and I don't feel good. <laughs> no, no. Thank I'm, you for being here. Because I'm old. Also, fun fact: because Georgia. Same place, literal yes. same geographical yep. no, location, no. seven days different, forty degrees different. <laughs> yup. What what temperature is it in the morning? Seventy five. One week later, forty five. <laughs> I know I said forty, but that was thirty. But there were differentials that big. I was talking to it Linda. It was insane. Talking to Linda about that, she was like, she does it every month. So I was like, how does it feel from that game to this game, where there's literally a thirty degree difference between like this isn't even f- like it's fall just. Yep. Straight Welcome fall. to it. Literally, it happened in the course of a day. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, like, just... That cold shelf. front rolled in. Well, it's LARPing weather now. It's like, great. Oh, it's now that beautiful. the season's fucking over, how wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it won't... I mean, it'll start up again, because uh, yeah. actually, unfortunately, we'll be missing the next one due to the night in question, but, you know, we can... Burp. I'm sure I'm sure everyone understands why. Yes. And and then, uh, I guess it's back to it in January yep. for the big, big cold times um, run actually, until summer. Um, Speaking of gods, I have actually come up with a concept, and I'm probably beginning the new year one way or another. I'll probably be coming in as well. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to get to annoy you in a whole new setting. Or we may be best friends because my, of my concept. We'll talk later about that. Um, uh, the uh, No, I've, uh, I actually hadn't been outside because I've been just doing a lot of work and writing and generally just going to games and doing game stuff that I hadn't like sat down like LARP-wise and went, oh, it's a really pretty day outside and just like been in the woods. Yes. Like I, I took that for about five minutes while I was up doing the thing for gods. This yeah, weekend. I just took a walk around the site. The sky was really nice. Yep, it was nice and cool. Yep, mosquitoes were oh. half asleep, only half because my hands are still destroyed. Oh, I know. Yeah, so I uh, let's see. Uh, we played Ack Inc. Uh, last week. That was delightful. It was fun. It's a great adventure. Um, I think that that crew is really. Oh, like, it's a good we're crew. Really gelling now. It's it's a good crew. Once we iron out some stuff and I get some art assets in, uh, I'll be putting those out uh, on on some kind of schedule. Um, did an extra life thing uh, for glitter dice the weekend previous, which mm-hmm. was fun. Very tiring. Lots lots of gaming. Really kind of really put my gaming setup uh, through some through, through through some hoops. I was worried about that, and I'm glad it it mostly no, it worked. Yeah, mostly it worked pretty much the entire time. But I, I, it just hammered home how many upgrades I need to do. Um, like I just basically need a new computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, if if uh, I've been going into super nerd times, uh, nerd talks, uh, I've been playing around with Raspberry Pi, uh, which is a small, tiny computer, mostly Linux based, and nothing makes you feel dumber than trying to fucking understand Linux. <laughs> like holy shit! It's it is a learning curve. Yeah, like I, I that's, was. That's uh, what we do to interns at my office. Uh, you, you don't, you don't get a. We don't do Mac and uh, we don't do Windows in the office. Oh yeah, you I get know. the first thing we used to do would be like you get the Ubuntu laptop, which is a completely clean Ubuntu. You know, it's, it's an Ubuntu. I mean, it has a UI. It has GNOME, mm-hmm. but 
Now, I mean, you get a MacBook now, but mm-hmm. you still got to know some Linux to get around. Like, yeah. if you want to do anything other than you know share pictures of your grandchildren with a Mac. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, it it's rough, and yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to set it up the way I want to. If if that's going to be too much trouble, then I'm probably going to have to switch to like mini Windows 10 PCs. Do the things that I needed yeah, to do. Yeah, and routing all that stuff through there. Yeah, it's just it's just money that I don't have. Uh, oh, and, and not for nothing, audience, I'm sorry you won't get this, uh, but I talked to Brian. You need to talk to Brian. Okay, I'll talk to Brian. Studio recording, man, on a, on a budget. Not easy. I'm uh, waiting on the specs for Bloodlines 2 and Cyberpunk. Woo! Like that, that when, when, a... I get, when I get those specs, that will that will tell me what I need. Yes. Yes, very much so. Because... Um, Ooh, I oh, we can go right into some some of the news. Uh, they have released a lot of the factions for Bloodlines too. Oh yeah, all of them. Uh, I am interested about the unseen. That's mm-hmm. that's the one I'm intrigued by. No, they're they're then they're Nosferatus. It's the Nos. It's the it's the scum of the street sl- pl- slash the Nos- basically the Nosferatu. Yeah, and they're I've Nosferatu. I haven't seen any of it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's uh, pretty good. They have like the old money or the old world. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like the people who basically founded the vampire scene in, in, um, yeah, the faction lines aren't c- as cut and dry as, mm-hmm. uh, they were in blood in bloodlines one. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more nuance. It's not yeah. just, it's, it's more, not just the anarchs in the cam. It's bespoke to the region. Yeah. Like it's not, Oh, here's cam anarchs and it's a bot. No, it's, well, it's coteries and yeah. specific groups. Yeah, they um. Well, they're they're running off the advantage that they've said shit all about uh, Seattle in mm-hmm. World of Darkness canon. Yeah, like they just they've just said nothing about yep. it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, Seattle by Night, uh, which is going to be cool. Which is going to be in that Bloodlines continuity. When does that start? I don't know. They haven't released a release okay. date for it. Uh, probably. I mean, we're probably going to hear about it pretty soon when they're when they're back from PAX. It'll start to probably be a lead up into the actual. I mean, this the whole aesthetic of Bloodlines Two has been in a very, very manicured. Oh yeah, absolutely. Experience. I mean, the Nightmind video about it talks about the guy mm-hmm. who's in charge of it, like the yeah the social media slash mm-hmm. like the ARG designer, the ARG side of this and. Yeah, it's a very tailored situation. Oh yeah, no, White Wolf is absolutely Paradox White Wolf have been super like being as brand conscious as they possibly can. And speaking along those lines, we've gotten the very, very faintest glimmer of the werewolf game. Yeah, Earthbound. Uh we're gonna see more at PDX Clown. Right. Uh which that's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be a very different beast than Bloodlines. Haha, pun uh-huh. pun intended. Um it's gonna from what I understand, it's going to be basically like a first-person beat 'em up. Yeah. Which hey, that's uh, I wanna, I'm just waiting for more footage because all we yeah. got was really got like, one tiny little, little cinematic, cinematic graphic yeah. thing, and it looked okay. But obviously, there's zero things to judge it on, so mm-hmm. I have to wait. But I'm hoping for something very interest intriguing uh, comes our way. Plus, I want to obviously know more because that's probably going to lead directly into when they decide to release Werewolf, Werewolf. Yep. Um, Fifth Edition. Um, I wonder if they will call it Werewolf. Probably. It's going to be Werewolf the Apocalypse. Werewolf the Apocalypse fit the day. Just like Vampire the Masquerade. It's yep. going to be, they're going to, they're not going to, they're not going to change up too much from, no. from the basics. Branding. Branding, branding, branding. branding. Um, and other news, not much. Um, very shortly, the uh, Rick and Morty supplement for D&D will be coming out. Yes, that will be a, uh, I'm going to run that definitely. Uh, and it's going to be, because apparently it's like a 32 room adventure. So it's not like a big campaign. Oh, cool. Uh, so I will run that as like a weekend, and I'm going to get the funniest motherfuckers I can. As he points. Uh, as a, everyone, you can't you, see his big I would have. I would have literally cried if you hadn't. Oh, no, no, you're in. You're, you're <laughs> in for that one. Uh, yeah, because I need funny people for that. Oh, good. Like, I mean, that's just imperative. Also, it's supposedly terribly self-referential. There will be both goose and gaffs. Oh, indeed. Uh, because supposedly it's basically the adventure book, because they've had a couple of interviews with the writers, is like, yeah, uh, the, the book is twice as big as it should be because of Rick Sanchez's has comments in the margins about stuff in the book. Yeah, well, basically, it's it's the starter set. It's a starter set. Yeah. So you've got basically, like, the starter set core book. Yep. And it's just riddled with his notes. Uh, and then there's the adventure. There's the adventure itself. And they're like, yeah, you know how most dungeons sometimes have dead ends and, and just areas that nothing's going on? Nope. Not in this one. Every single thing, there's, there's something going on in every single room. Something to interact with, something to fight, something to do, something to figure out. 
regardless there's something for you to do yeah no that'll that'll be super awesome i'm gonna want everyone on their a game as far as the funnies are concerned and we'll just run 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 through that motherfucker yeah the uh it I'm intrigued by it because I was like, because of the flavor of the At Kink game, mm-hmm. I'm looking at it going, this will also be equally delightful. Oh, yeah, the Seattle by Night. So yeah. off. Oh, so speaking of which, the uh, Acquisitions Incorporated Call of Cthulhu game. Holy shit. It was super funny until it wasn't. It, wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, so uh, like spoilers, it's, it ended with them like in this dark place that had like this inverted city above them and just hollowed out cannibal people who had had their consciousness scooped out. And then like three of them, like as they were approaching the city, just based on their level of sanity, three of them just lost their fucking minds and, and, and scampered off leaving the one who had been rolling real good for his sanity the whole game, just alone clutching a gun. Like that was the end. (laughs) I was like, holy fuck. (laughs) Like, like it was, I mean, Chris Straub is the, who plays the warlock in the C team game. He's got himself a mind. Like, have you ever seen shit like local 48 or local 58 or, or brood hall or any of that stuff that, that man has a mind for cosmic horror. Mm-hmm. Like it's and he just ran one hell of a fucking game. Oh, he was the actual GM for it. He was a GM for oh, it. Oh, yeah. that, that's that's I need to watch this because I want to see how that. You guy should watch runs. it. It's very good. It'll go up on YouTube soon. I'll, I'll try to. I'll find a once it's on. If if it's in time for the recording and the release, I will put it in the show notes. If not, we'll take. Yeah. Look around. You'll probably be able to find it. Oh um, no! Oh, it <laughs> was really funny. So they had a person doing subtitles live. Oh neat! Uh, and that person became a part of the game. Uh, like the, like it was some big, omniscient, faceless creature watching them and then and interacting with, and commenting and interacting on it. And like they were in the middle of like, the, this person has had as many laughs as all of us combined. If you want to drink later, you find me. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know who it was. Yeah, yeah. It was just some nameless person uh, on the broadcast booth somewhere typing furiously. And like you couldn't, you couldn't see them on the live screen. But when they do the YouTube, they'll have the subtitles so that all of us can see what's going. Uh, on. I, oh man, I kind of want to. I'm hoping that person like started making comments. They did. They absolutely oh, yay. did. Yay! They absolutely did. So it was fun. But yeah, um, so other news uh, regarding the Kickstarter shit that we were talking about last time. Yeah, which was a big part of our last episode, everyone. Um, basically, they've they've released sort of a boilerplate of, of the, the workers who are looking to unionize. In fact, mm-hmm. there is a group of union of workers looking to unionize at Kickstarter, so that's something to know. Uh, and they basically asked, like, you know, email this address to show your solidarity, uh, like, change your profile picture, mm-hmm. include, like, span, use these hashtags, et cetera, et cetera. But the big thing as far as action is concerned is they basically they are asking people who are running Kickstarters to show their solidarity by including like a, a little boilerplate mm-hmm. in their Kickstarters. And they ma- they're asking users to basically let that show of solidarity be the guide if you want if you want to really support them only back Kickstarters that that are in solidarity with the union, right? Basically, just it's it's I hate fuck it, with their metrics. You know, yeah, what was the idea of it's like the, like the kosher stamp or mm-hmm. like getting anything approved like that? It's basically that idea of put a thing on the show that they have support so that they can see the metrics of those things mm-hmm. go up higher, so they know where the money where where people really want to give their support. Yep. So I mean, it's it's not as aggressive as an out, outright boycott, mm-hmm. uh, which I appreciate. Uh, I just really hope Onyx Path does the right thing. We'll see. We'll uh, time will tell because man, everything's just changing. Twenty four hours, everything's moving. Oh uh, yeah, it's called uh, fucking globalization on the internet superhighway. Anyways, but we're we'll talk. That's patron content stuff. But we're gonna get into it. Uh, there isn't beyond that. There isn't that much news. But thank you very much, Scott. Uh, we're gonna talk about hooks today, about how to get people into a game. How do you get also, we're going to talk about the idea of how to, like, if you have an adventure that you're like, I would only run this adventure, but I don't like the beginning or something's weird about it, but I bring the most of the content I want to run. How do I adapt it? Yeah. Get Like it doesn't fit your players. Yeah, it doesn't fit the players or doesn't fit the concept or something else or you want to play around with it. How do you get your players 
How do you get them to buy in to an adventure? Well, you see, Matthew, you take a look at their backstories and you find the most important person in all of them, and then you murder each one. Right in front uh, of them. Right in front of them. That that's how, it's a nice con now, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly a way to do it. I don't. That's, that's a way. That's. That, I mean, hey, you just get you just focus all their hate on the right people, hmm. and then just spur them with vengeance and yeah. pain. It, I have literally that, seen that work more than four times. <laughs> more <laughs> like, than four times. More than. I like how you. Did it is, I had to <laughs> go back through the years. I'm like. No, more than four. Uh, I like how it was like not a some dozen. Some of the longest, some of the longest, like most fervent games I have been a part of have been like the quest to fuck that guy up. <laughs> like we know yeah. his name. Mm-hmm. He's very good at getting away from us, but we really want to fuck him up. Well, it also <laughs> lets you channel the great Raul Julia and uh, say, for you, it was the day that M. Bison slaughtered your village. For me, it was Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> Rest in peace, you sweet, sweet man. You sweet, sweet bastard. Oh, um, my God. He brought... Sorry, I love movies, and he brought... He was the only one who brought it in that movie. Mm-hmm. He was trying. Oh, he was so chewing. hard. He's a classy man. Oh, you know why he took the role, right? Yeah. For his kids. He wanted a movie for his kids to watch. Because uh, they like Street Fighter. But he was dying, literally, of stomach cancer while he was filming. <laughs> of course. Yes. Hmm. But anyways, back to it. How... Hooking your players, getting them on board. Um, it's like, because the reason I came up with sort of this show topic idea was I got sort of stung by the GM bug because I started mm-hmm. playing running Avernus for you guys. And I still want to continue that. But I started getting an idea cooking in my head. And I was like, okay, I want to do this adventure. But how do I want to start it? Like, do I do the... You're all just level one guys and you're doing a little bit of an action sequence and like the town's getting raided by goblins. Do you do that? Or do you like smash cut your third level and you're raiding the the goblins who, if you were first level, that's who you were fighting. You're going to their home base and you're going to start from there. Like, mm-hmm. where do you like, do you shoot, start with a bang or what do you want to do? How do you get people intrigued? Depends on how bleeding heart you are, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it also depends on the game. What did know? those goblins do? Goblins. Do we really need to be committing a little genocide over yes. here? Yes, they're goblins. No, well, no, no. they have culture, <laughs> and that makes it a little weird when you just go murder them all. It, yeah, it all depends on your the backstory of the goblins and what really goblins are, how did they come about. Are they're they... sentient. We know that. Yes, but... It's really, really hard when they become when they're made into a PC race. Uh, that's, a... that's uh, Actually, that, that hooks in pretty well because the idea of Maybe I do do the the shotgun approach of you're you're gonna raid the actual village of goblins. It's like, but de- how does your characters feel about and that? I'm gonna deny the call, Matthew. Okay. Maybe I don't want to. You don't want to be the hero. Maybe slaughtering innocent little goblins isn't it being grovelins. a hero. <laughs> goblins. What would Gibnup say? What would Gib- what would Gibnup do? Gibnup. Gibnup. What would Gibnup wouldn't slaughter all those yeah. goblins? No, no, he, no, he's a goblin. He, he'd kill other goblins because that's what goblins do. But regardless, how would you, where would you want to start? Do you like starting with sort of the in media res concept? Or do you like the slow builds, the characters can get to know that and you going through, then you build up to the action? As long as I'm not level one. I'm. This is going, uh, I know, it's any, any yeah. game, I know. <laughs> um... Mm, I, I prefer to start where so I can decide what my motivations are. I don't want yeah. I don't want to be I don't want you to have ever told me how I feel about anything because mm-hmm. the fuck are you to tell me that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't like hearing that. Um, I'm a after two and a half years, you're allowed to tell me how my character feels sometimes. Like maybe <laughs> we've had enough rapport that you can start. You can maybe part of guess the- his personality and how he might take something, or you know. Take undertaking a supernatural influence if something's affecting your mind. Of course, you can tell me how I feel. So you, if I were to put you in in media res, killing the goblin, sort of in the Warren Den, you would you wouldn't necessarily before that because you haven't had time to figure out what you think about uh, the situation. I, I, yeah, I would prefer to have decided to have gone and done that because what if my character wouldn't and hmm. would have wanted a different way to go about so it? So, so that's one of the pitfalls of sort of the direct in media res thing is. 
you have to really know you'd make it a lot of assumptions about the character the character yeah. and what their decision making process mm-hmm. like you should take it as a given that the party is going to be together but you shouldn't take it as a given what decision or what direction they're going to take as part of an adventure that's, I mean, that's that's along the lines of like a way to do that and that's not as as jarring is okay you're the party you're third level you've tracked these goblins to this area right like, they've done some bad stuff. They've done some bad stuff. You know where they are. Go. Yeah. And that, then, then that was my, my core idea on the concept, mm-hmm. just, to, just for clarification. So, yeah, like, just right, to put like, the decision back in the player's hands about how they wish to go about the problem and just make sure that you've written a way for them to solve the problem that isn't tiny genocide. Yeah, tiny genocide. Or, you know, just be open to whatever solution that they come up with. Okay, that's um, interesting. Because, yeah, I mean, essentially, you know, there's there's usually a good enough reason for anyone to say, okay, we need to track this problem to its source. Mm-hmm. But mandating a solution isn't mm. that great. Okay. Good clarification. Thank you. Don't mandate the solution to your players. Be like, you have to do this thing. Or in order there's to make a it good reason for you have come to this point. There's a reason. There's a word that's commonly used for this exact thing called railroading. Indeed. Welcome to episode 99 of Polyhedron, <laughs> where we again will discuss railroading. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, well, okay. okay. Unless you really need to you, do Well, it. you want to get in a little bit of a discussion about that a little bit, is what about Avernus? It's a set adventure. Yes, I can adapt a little no, bit. No, it's fine. Railroad me. I already signed on for an adventure. Yeah, no, right, right. If, if we're running a big book, then we're all... We're then, all you ran in the book. Bo- then you're running the book. You notice how I never denied a single goddamn thing in Dragon Heist is because it's like, why? <laughs> yeah. Move forward, always forward. Like, yeah. Why, we, why we, even bother? We know the adventure goes in this direction. Please go. I'm just interested in running through the different little scenarios and maybe the little forking bits. No, but if you're sitting here in front of me without, like, it's like, I've had notes. It's like, I don't, like, well, I hope you have a lot of notes because I'm erratic. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. Have you met me? Have you met me? <laughs> I don't go exactly where you want me to go. Uh, actually, me. a little criticism for Dragon Heist. A lot of people are like, yeah, Dragon Heist is cool. But you actually notice there is no heist. Womp womp. The heist already happened. Yeah, but that's that's like the weird thing is like... You don't actually pull the heist. You don't actually pull the heist. I don't know, man. What I did for the Stone of Galore, that was a goddamn heist. That is true. That's Getting fair. the Stone of Galore was the heist. I had to run across many rooftops and wrestle a spine devil and get exceptionally lucky. Yes. And then and- I carried this uncomfortable hunk of rock. In my ass. <laughs> yeah. While it talks to me. This was your me. father's watch. Yeah. <laughs> I had to, for, for five years, I put it put up my ass. ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, per- the, the, the perfect cherry on top for that scene is the little hand reaching up into the frame to it grab it. That is just life. cinematic genius. Uh, I had a cake this weekend that was psychic. Tell me how much it loved that I was eating it and that I was doing a good job. I heard about that. Uh, wow, it's it's it so fucked up. It's self self help, uh, it was, uh, well, mental health. It was cake. created from the soul of a fire demon. It was baked with the the erupted soul of a fire demon from a multitude of ingredients that have been gathered by these crazy cyberpunk rock stars over the yep. last two, two years, years. Uh, and it became the cake. And I ate some of that cake. Yeah, they had to, it was explained to me, they had to do something. We're talking about gods, everyone, for the weekend. It's, just Because we're on silly. a tangent. Uh, that had to do with a milk run. They literally, one of the first games, they had to go get milk. milk. Oh, so they went on a milk run. But they're like, what are we getting? Creds? I'll promise no, when they got Discs? the milk, something happened. They weren't supposed to get the milk in that way. And it released a thing. Yeah. And then for the last two years, they've been trying to unfuck their situation. By baking it into a cake, because that's the one thing yep. that mm-hmm. it could fuse into. And again, I will reiterate, it told me what a great job I was doing, and it wanted me to do more as what? I ate it. You know what? I did. And it was nothing, I, not a lot. And you There's know, no guilt. And people and I people knew what happened, and I referred to other things as the weirder things that had happened to me that as a person who had just come through and they're like, but the cake, I'm like, you know, that's just, that's fine. 
<laughs> I'm from Rachel, uh, which is scary Castlevania world. It's Bloodborne, guys. Yeah, it's, it's Bloodborne. It's, like, yeah, it's Dark Souls in the country, Bloodborne in the city. Like, it's... <laughs> but, sorry, it's like Bloodborne in the streets, the sheets Dark Souls in, in the, the sheets. sheets. Yeah. <laughs> either, either way. A little bit of Castlevania in there. It's just, it's all yeah. that shit. Yeah, it's, it's like gothic, dark, dark it's Nikki. actual gothic horror with werewolves, vampires, g- 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 ghosts. Monster hunters. The whole, monster whole hunters whole and all that shit. Diablo. Diablars. Diablars. But anyway, but anyways, back to the, the hook. Um, no, I'm also denying the call here. No, yes, go I noticed. Ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, that's why I'm railroading, putting the rails squarely back on. Uh, so I remember uh, taking this into the LARP zone. Oh, no, not the LARP zone. I, I would hook some of you crazy bastards by uh, hobos. Yeah. Stealing yeah. things. And I'll tell you what. We didn't like that. You did up until a point. We did. And you liked it until you didn't anymore. You like you like beating up robots and stealing gold. And then there was that one thing. And then there was that time you made me into a slaver. I did. And I. You could have opened the box. I got my vengeance. So I eventually of, got my so, fucking so vengeance. So for part of the what, what, what Scott has referred to is the hook is what, what we was the plot hook. It's generally in LARP. It's not the beginning of the LARP. It's. You're trying to get a small group or maybe even a large group of PCs together to cook them for a module or some adventure, something they're going to go off and do that's probably locationally challenged, that is away from everyone else, that is very specific to that group generally. And and he would use, he had a special race of people from a very specific world that were basically hobos. And he knew... That was their ethnic group. Yeah. Yeah. And he knew for a fact that my dude... Mm-hmm. Really, really liked beating up robots. Oh like, yeah, he thought it was hilarious. So, so, uh, so I, I came in with like this grotty group of uh, uh, like you know fingerless glove Hoboken. hobo hobo like guy who's like who wants to beat up some robots? And I and was, he was that right man. on it. And then I abducted a woman. Yeah, you did. You <laughs> sold her. Part of the thing is you can her, beat yes. up the robots and take whatever you want, but we need this box. box. And you know, I carried that box with another person that had a person in it. It did. It did have a small woman in it, and I guessed her way to the number. I'm like, this has got to be like 87 pounds <laughs> or something, because I was so like flabbergasted yeah, at what was like happening. Yeah, you didn't... You, uh, and, and it just never occurred to me that it was an actual person. Well, because the, the thing was, oh, there was, there was a huge pile of loot on top of that box, box. Yeah. and the hobos were like, that's all yours. We just need this box. So I was... Tickled pink, and just scooped all that sweet gold into that bu- into my into my my looting sack, and picked up that damn box because I'm technically the strong one, mm-hmm. technically yes. not reality, technically, <laughs> and I was made a slaver, and I never fr- and I hunted, I hunted. Yeah, you you did some you did some gnarly stuff to those hobos. You you started made a wrecking train all the way through there. I uh, it was it was a long and arduous process to get to undo that particular mistake. People still fuck around with the Lorelei. She's wear the, not great. Wear the tattoo and everything. Fucking idiots. Uh, so, so part of that hook is obviously Scott had a particular idea of a scenario, so he wanted to hook it in a way that made it sound fun and interesting, interesting. without setting off any like player alarms mm-hmm. that there's anything wrong. It was the horror game equivalent to, hey guys, let's go to my uncle's cabin for the weekend. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, wait a minute. Damn it, this sounds too good to be true. Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, and because in because he spiced it with an unassuming hook mm-hmm. and then piled just put all of the greed on top of, yeah, of no, the it, thing. Yeah, this it is was, the third in a series of and this was a third in a series of heists. Yeah, that we had done heists and like high stakes combat. Like all those robots were pretty pretty robust. They were very tough. It was also intended as a let's let the big boys flex their muscles, flex their muscles, have 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 good stories to come back and tell everyone. Mm -hmm. Like I did the thing. I had to like rip a fucking Mad Tinker's lock off its hinge Mm -hmm. off off something, which is a monumentally difficult thing Mm -hmm. to do. I can't, like, it's expe- well, let's just say, not hard, it's expensive. It's an expensive thing. It's a mechanically expensive, expensive thing. endeavor like, if you don't that, have somebody to actually physically break. Those tend to be, in my experience and in my opinion, as far as LARP concerned, that kind of hooking tends to be the best because it's one of those, you think you're doing one thing, yep. but something else happens. Like a time when you guys went to go get an axe. 
and then something else happened. What? It was when it was when that that was the one with the one with the hut witch uh, crashed the party. Oh my god! God. Well, it was never. Never had Salas felt more like sudden. Like fear is not an emotion. He was particularly or like he didn't use it very much. Yeah. But I think in that moment it was just like, how could I not be afraid of what's happening right now? Well, you you did a great you you helped me a great deal just by the positioning because basically. Like I was coming around to bend, and I was essentially as the hut witch eating uh, the NPCs. The, Bold. you know, just just unhinging the jaw and eating them. And the way it had situated is that Ryan, playing his character Salas, was the only one who was like physically seeing me do stuff. And everyone else had me in profile. Yeah, exactly. Everyone had him in profile, so his reaction sold it better than anything that I could have could described. Done. Like he's like because this genocidal maniac mm. five million year old war monster mm-hmm. was a little sw- squigged out by what was going on because you have to remember the the key of horror is sometimes you just want the the audience to fill in the gaps for you yeah it's so you describing it mm-hmm. no because we can see scott's mm-hmm. not actually distending his jaw yeah no I'm just, I'm, I'm just i'm just putting my my hand on someone's shoulder and saying like consuming one consuming two consuming three but because they only see the actor reacting well they, they heard me doing the call yeah and then they saw him sell it perfectly <laughs> it really heightened the scene and people were dumb, dumb scared. Mm-hmm. They were idiot scared. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I started like screaming at them because mm-hmm. it's like, go get them, go get the person she wants that place. <laughs> like, I don't want to be. But it but, was really it's like he did not want to be. Like it's like I'm gonna be okay. I think as long as but I do not want to get eaten by her. <laughs> yeah, no, she was awful. Uh, uh, but but <laughs> from from the hook perspective. That was that was not on the menu. Right. No one knew what, what was up. That's your second pun. That's yeah. your second. That's yeah. your second one. Wah, wah. But yeah, there was just two dumbasses uh-huh. in the room, and we're like, "What the fuck is okay? Sure, fuck it. it it's I mean, sure. I thought there might be like suddenly an ambush or something. That's what I thought. And there was. It was an ambush that I was not expecting. Yeah, no, because we literally like it was one of those ones where. Um, uh, because Tutwitch is just insanely powerful, like just yes. god monster powerful. You're not fighting the thing; you're, yeah. you're interacting. You're with interacting the thing. with things. So that 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 ambush was explicitly everyone's killing blow active. Yeah, like we we roll in with killing strikes. Yep. and killed killed everybody, and then she brought everybody back so she could have a conversation so she could have a without conversation. anyone deciding to get uppity about the situation. Yeah. Well, because that's that's part of the encounter design. Scott's not a fighter. Like Scott, Scott can throw some packets every now and then. So when Scott's playing a god monster, you don't want to ruin that illusion by someone thinking, "Ah, well, I'll just fuck this old lady up." One of the greatest ironies of the Hut Witch is that by the very end, he thought of you as an ally. I mean, Dallas yeah. thought of that the Hut Witch as one of our strongest allies. She effectively was. You like just, it's it's you just had to know gross. how to. She's just gross, and you had to know how to negotiate her. But she actually. Basically wanted what we wanted. Yeah. So yeah, she had an agenda. She actually had a positive agenda. It's just you had to get past the layer, the onion layers of the hut, which to understand what she actually. Oh yeah, every every and, encounter with her was a trial of of some sort of just getting getting past your gag reflex, essentially. Yes. Yes. You know, uh, so like that time I had to fight a shit monster for about ten minutes. Yeah. No, it was yeah. real bad. Yeah. Rough stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, like, and that's that's. I mean, I could go. I could. I could go fill the day with hut witching. But basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. but basically, it's a. It's down to pull the old switcheroo on. The old switcheroo is a great, yeah. great one. hooks. Well, the idea is to get people on board, and you're trying to sell. You know, you want to pull the pull the uh, rug out from underneath your players, so you got to hook it in a way that either feel, looks innocuous, mm-hmm. or you you or you sell. You just got to sell them on one thing. Yeah. that you know it's is similar here's the candy not, yeah here it is don't don't look at the other what the other hand's doing here alternately you can be 100 percent up front and just like sell the emotion like get them so good and pissed yeah like i said worked yep. for four plus games yeah uh, <laughs> if you yeah if you uh another way of hooking that in either larp and in tabletop you can to- you can totally do this in tabletop too um is the idea of like selling a story in one particular light that's actually something I encountered as an NPC at 
gods over the weekend. I won't go into a lot of details, but it was a lot of cultural misinterpretation. Oh, it was so interesting. It was, but that was the kicker. It was super interesting. Because everyone, because I knew who was on my side of the argument and who wasn't on my side of the argument, but part of that hook was you selling, but we were instructed as NPCs that the PCs are going to want to talk about this one specific plot thing that's going on. Want you to talk to them about different solutions and different directions you could go in. But we know we want to go in this particular direction. So it's the idea of how to arrange that situation so that you can pull them in the right thing while still giving the right light for the situation. Because they sold the situation in one particular light, and you're like, oh, we know that's one side of the story, but we also know the other side of the story. So we're able to give a better read on it. But if we didn't know that, and if somebody only goes one half of a story... You only have them to go off of, and if that's the case, they can make up any kind of story you want, want, and that means they can lead you down a bad path. Yeah, it's it's a question of like, yes, give them the give them one side of the story, and then as they go forward, make it complicated. Mm-hmm. Get the other pieces, get the other aspects, and Real, let them realize, hey, they might have made a mistake. Oops, <laughs> whoopsie. Done, they've done a whoopsie. They've done a whoopsie. Also, never tell a ja. To just deal with it because <laughs> you've given him permission to, to deal, deal with, it. with it to deal with it and that means getting your ass kicked <laughs> from 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 the biggest loudmouth who is not the biggest fighter it's not like somebody can so one guy at game i'm playing an npc that i played in year zero um who was reprised for a big event but he was not going to be on screen that often and he's a big he's one of the biggest fighters that you could come around and one of the players mouthed off and kept mouthing off, but kept going, I'm not gonna fight you. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run my mouth. I'm gonna I'm gonna all talk no uh all bark no bite. And so I'm like, okay, you're gonna fight me, you're fighting, you keep egging me on, but you're not gonna fight me. You're just hiding behind civility at that point. Mm-hmm. You're you're not you from my from Hawk's perspective, you're just being an asshole right now. Straight up. I mean, I would respect you more if you ran your mouth and didn't were willing to fight me. Even if you lost, I'd go, okay. But he just kept running his mouth. And then the, the response I got from him at the very end as he turned away and walked back in tavern was, just deal with it. Okay. I'm going to take that in the most literal sense of the <laughs> but I But in my head, I had to get up to him very fast because the moment he crossed that threshold into the tavern, I wouldn't have touched him. Because yeah. he would have been in the tea house of someone else and that would have been can't, hospitality can't broken. That. I can't do that. But he's not in the tea house that can do it. <laughs> so going back to hooks. Hooks. Um hooks on hooks. there is one well I only I think I only pulled this trick a couple of times uh at LARP where uh thing is going down at X time. Yep. Thing is happening in X place. Yep. You want to do something about it, be be there at the time. Yep. Like other otherwise it happens. Up to you. Yeah, right? the, the, the fuse situation of mm-hmm. the bomb is sticking down, guys. You have mm-hmm. X number of time to get there. You know I the where, you, you know the when, time. figure it out. Yeah. You've got to figure out a solution to the problem or don't get distracted. Or just come yeah, come correct. Yes. Like um, yeah, there was a number of times where we had to like do do like two 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 fuses mm-hmm. or yeah, two fuse, the, or, the, or there was a fuse behind a lot of crap, that oh, all, yeah. but there was also a torrent of bullshit mm-hmm. to, to hold back while the other people did that. Oh, my God. Half, half my time at, uh, at Fractured when I was playing Gordon was keeping some people on the rails of getting certain things done in time because I was like, this stuff needs to get done and nobody needs to dawdle on this stuff I mean, yeah, or I, forget that it's a thing. In general, we didn't fuck around at Fractured. Like... In general, we, 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 were, we kept you guys pretty much on your toes. We tried Which to. is good. Uh, the only other story I have for hooks that I, of a story I have recently is an ATE, is they had to come in as an NPC, an old, old, old former PC. Um, he's a big Cthonic flesh monster now, but they didn't know that they were going to get into that. And the interesting sort of pulling the rug out from underneath the PCs is, A, hey, we heard about some guys talking about, I think... Uh, Pete because they were looking for my character. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go talk to them. And they found them. And they they found him. But what they didn't find was yeah they found Pete. They found seven versions of him. Oh. And what they the plot staff had done is they had asked me earlier in the week and I had totally forgotten for a picture of my face. And they took it 
and they made multiple copies and then they cut them out making little masks so all the PC, all the NPCs wore Matthew's face and that was before even I Matthew walked out the door as the actual Pete so ooh boy that wigged everyone the hell out that's a real John Malkovich moment yeah yeah when everyone sees especially because Linda and Kelly were both there <laughs> going just Matthew's face mm-hmm that's just Matthew's face. Yikes. Indeed. That's a yikes for me, dog. <laughs> yeah, that was real fucked up. I walked into Monster Town and I saw, uh, I saw Christine cutting my face out of uh, paper and making masks out of them and cutting the eyeballs out so people could see through. I was like, this is the best thing. I will never forget this, but it's also completely horrifying. It's pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, um, that, so that was an interesting sort of hook in that they thought it was one thing. They got it pulled another. It made it exciting and interesting. So another another trick uh, used in tabletop. Uh, this was mainly in my Exalted game, mm-hmm. uh, which was there was a map, and PCs knew that there were certain points on the map where they could go and do things. It was very. It was almost hookless. It was more of the. It was more of the the Final Fantasy world map style right. of. There are X number of adventures out there that you need to go and do to accomplish this big goal, and that was the structure of the game. Right. So it was very like I I just sat back and let you guys decide where you wanted to go and do do it in whatever order you wanted to do it. Well, I think the hook it was even before that is this is the hook is the map. Yeah. It's the idea of here I am not dictating what you what exactly you're doing just but I or nor the order it's going to happen in just that mm-hmm. this is something you could do mm-hmm. i mean yeah i i mean i personally don't hate the idea of a game where it's like well there's five places to go and each time you go to one something happens something happens and time progresses in the other ones mm-hmm. just as well so yeah. whatever was happening there it's still happening just without you yeah and uh, that's that's a good good as well keep, keep things evolving that's the well that's kind of the way i went the few times i, I had about three about three choice like yeah okay yeah, it's not an open world. I'm sorry, if you want that, go play an Ubisoft game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you had about three choices, but every time you picked one, you know, the order you went in really did determine who was there. Mm-hmm. Like, what is there? What has already been done to this place? What and the NPCs know what by the, that time. If there are any left. <laughs> if they're not all intellect devours. Oh, no. Mm. Oh, I saw the fucking Baldur's Gate trailer. Oh, yes. No. I Hope you didn't like them teeth. <laughs> <laughs> you got a Cthulhu uh, mouth. I want, I want, I'm ready for the Aboleth action, man. You got a case of that Cthulhu mouth. Yeah, they're just Aboleths in the sky with a hundred illithids just float. It's like, guys, I don't know how much game there is. It looks like we lose. <laughs> That's all we lose. There's no amount of shit in Baldur's Gate. That can oh. stop that. Uh, I, I, <laughs> Adventurers. I a slight, slight tangent, but we, we warned everyone. Uh, so I looked up in Volo's guide, there's the star spawn. Because they've taken some ideas from uh, Cthulhu and the Cthulhu Mizos and put them in D&D and started detailing out more of like what the elder beings are and stuff like that in the far realms. It's very interesting. And like, and like actually having monsters that do very specific things. It's scary. To get up inside you like an eel. Hope you like buttholes. Uh, or many, yeah, more than one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, as for, let's let's pivot slightly to Eye stalks and buttholes. That's all it is. <laughs> all the way down. Uh, the uh, One of the other things we need to talk about is sort of, so we want to play an adventure. This is also why I came up with this idea is I'm running Avernus for these guys. And one of the things I had to immediately do was hook the game and change the very beginning of that story. Because mm-hmm. the very beginning of Avernus says they already know the the, the lieutenant of the uh, of the guard of the Flaming Fists. He has sent them on a mission. They're going on the mission. Like, mm. there is if no ends or buts about Oh, man. Yeah, it's really good you didn't start that way because no. you, I, that would just not have worked for the so group. So, I, because I had played previously with most of the same players and the same characters, I was like, no, this doesn't seem very organic. It doesn't feel natural. I had done sort of like a prelude adventure where they kind of were on the way to Baldur's Gate, but they hadn't gotten to Baldur's Gate yet. This And so what I did is I role-played through the, they're at the gates of Baldur's Gate, and they encounter a situation, and then they meet A small the, refugee crisis. Yeah. Yes. Just a, just a teeny tiny one. You know, got to keep it 
Got to keep it modern. (laughs) (laughs) Big oofs. Big (laughs) Big oofs from Dungeons and Durgans. (laughs) Um, Yes, uh, it's almost like we can use these to tell uh, metaphorical stories about our own plights. Yeah, I'm actually kind of over it at this point because all of every piece (laughs) of media I'm consuming right now has has it in there. And I'm like, guys, please. (laughs) Well, to be fair. But my Durgans. (laughs) To, to be fair, uh, you also have to think about it. you're also older and very experienced and read and read and experienced lots of stories. Therefore, they all could become metaphorical at some point because you could always read. No, nah, dog, I'm talking about like shit I've just consumed in the last year. I read a lot of books. Okay, <laughs> I read a lot of new re- newly released books, and every newly released gritty fantasy thing, or even not so gritty fantasy thing, has. Some of it in there, and I'm like, oh man, I get it, I really do. On their brains, it's on their minds. It really is, and it doesn't hurt anything. It's just, oh man, I sure would have liked to not think about that for two fucking minutes. (laughs) (laughs) But back onto what I had to do is, I had to adapt the adventure, put them hooked into it, while still keeping respect to their characters. Very similar to how we started this entire conversation off of, I had to respect your guys' decision. Now, I did put the caveat at some point, like, don't accept the thing. He comes for you. He comes comes for for you and makes you do it anyway. So you just go ahead, out of play, go ahead and accept it. This is the one little, like, thing you're going to have to rail on. And because, as I said earlier, if if I see a book in front of you with, like, a name on it and the adventure, it's like, we're here to do you got it like, i'm not gonna fight you on this this is obviously what we need to be doing yeah i mean it's it's all about knowing your knowing your players knowing uh you know what what they're into what their motivations are and you know knowing what's gonna get them going to where you want to go um because i mean we're at, at the end of the day larp tabletop you know online whatever we're all here to play the game. I've yeah. never really run into more than a couple people who are just like, they're just like, nah, fuck you, man. You're going to talk to me about this bookstore. Like, <laughs> that happened. But I just, I haven't known very many who will just like fight every goddamn step of the way. Yeah, but well, it's also, it's also important to hone your hooking skills because that's how you get the immediate interest of the game to your players and to get them uh, sort of on board because I've had to deal with the people that you've just, that you were probably referencing is the idea of they'll fight you every way. And, but that's important because you need to know how to pivot and move around and try to work on them. Obviously one of the best ways to hook people is understand their characters, AKA try to get some of their backstory. You have to read their 20 page thesis on your dude. But get the general gist, get the highlights. I would actually be kind of honored if someone like wrote twenty pages about their character's backstory for a game I was running. It's flattering the first time, but then they do it again and again. Well, lodi fucking die, Matthew. (laughs) Well, yeah, I've I've generally instituted a give me a page. Yes, that seems about the right amount. It's the right amount. Two is like my cap. Yeah, because after that, I will absolutely lose interest, and I don't want to read this anyway. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't probably read it. You're right. Because most people, they write from, it's more like a fan fiction, which is fine, but it's your fan fiction. It's not, you're writing to entertain yourself, not, you're not writing, you're not necessarily a good writer who's trying to entertain or educate. And you're not even ready to kill yourself by that (laughs) death of the author joke, though. Not suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, Kyle, what was it? There's also... um, Do you get to dictate your authorial intent even in your own fan fiction? God damn it. Well, there's also the uh, the notion of, you know, your story is at the table. Yes. Like, if you've already written half of your story, then what's the point? Yeah, and that's another thing that I've recently, and I've said this in the past, and I don't mind saying it again, is uh, when writing a novel, one of the, when uh, C. Robert Cargill gives the advice of, Interesting characters aren't necess- aren't their backstories. They are their choices. Mm-hmm. The more interesting the choice they make, the more interesting the character. And that take that to heart for role playing is when I'm playing a character, what is the most interesting choice? I know all the backstory, so I know how this guy reacts. But what's the most interesting choice to do something? And that makes for the most interesting story, which you can use to try to hook people because you want to use what they've done in the past to help you them for aka the revenge thing that we're yeah. all making fun of at the very beginning yeah it's all well and good to say your character did this and did that but at the end of the day like you're still gonna have to 
start making their decisions in real time mm-hmm. when the when a situation's right in front of you when you didn't have the authorial control of the the things they overcame and and interesting enough and this segue this goes off a little bit with the idea of yeah you're writing your backstory and that's great and grand but you're probably writing it before you've even played the character you've had no time to actually be in the headspace of that character yeah. and only some of the best larp- some of the best gamers i know can barely get to the point where they could write probably a backstory that really fits their role playing like it's just a it takes a some time to get into the headspace of I, the character i nailed it down i've only, i've i've gotten good at it now because yes. i kind of know my own limitations on what i am capable of doing yes so i don't go too deep into i don't I don't talk about being awesome usually. Usually it's what a piece of crap my character is <laughs> because of their failings. I, I like to do highlights. I actually like to do like big big well, character notes favorite, and that's it. Favorite character uh, background I've ever written was my ATE one because it was an act. I actually did a full typed and printed dossier of mm-hmm. the Pinkertons on my character. Nice. From the pers- like mine and Murphy's characters, we did our dossiers about what was known about us. Like... Aliases, of, the aliases, whole crimes. A- aliases, like peep, known associates who yeah. have ratted on them since, and but never actually, you know, you don't get a really perfect picture of the person. You just kind of get this kind of pastiche. Yeah, you're getting a, a, a very slanted view on them. Yep. So that the, the reality can be can actually be different. There's enough wiggle room. Well, well, it's like you get the law enforcement and rat view on them. So it's kind of surprising when they do something nice. Yeah. Of course, there's also, regarding hooks, uh, some wise words written. Bitches in a cutscene, press A. <laughs> Zombies in the room, you don't got time to smoke a bowl. <laughs> we got to save the president. It's up to us. <laughs> Hope we have sol- time to solve this mystery. <laughs> God, I love that rant. It's so Link in the show notes. Yeah. I think that's uh, all we can say. I yeah. think that's absolutely how we end this episode. You don't have time to press A. Yeah. We do not have, no, you do you have, have, no, you have to press A. That's right. It's just not a cutscene. It's not it's a cutscene. Zombies you don't in the have room. To load the gun. It's already loaded for, for you. you. Shoot him in the head. Shoot him in the head. Get on the dope ass Disney train. <laughs> Go to the fun fucking yeah, part, part of, of the, the game. game. <laughs> uh, oh. From everyone here, Polyhedron. Go where your fun is. Don't forget to press A. Hello, everyone. Just wanted to let you all know, if you want to email us, you can at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to get in contact with us via Twitter, you can contact us at polyhedroncast. And if you want to contact me, I am at bioimportance. If you want to get in contact with me directly, I'm at divismallcap. And I'm a hermit, so just email the show, please. Also, in addition, if you really like the show and you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash polyhedron. Give us a buck a month. You get a lot more content, and it'll really help us out. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone.